Welcome back, guys. DG SMK Wax. A few minutes past uh, 3 p.m. Happy Tuesday to you. So, Anthony Beck is the head coach of the Battle Hawks. We also uh, have in common that he played in West Virginia and on the Rams with Bolger, and I'm Bolger's best friend he's ever had. So, <laughs> I say the same thing sometimes. <laughs> so, welcome. Good to meet you. Yeah, it's great to be here, guys. Thank you. It's uh, great to be back in St. Louis. Um, you know, it's good to feel a little cold weather. Uh, I got <laughs> a, a little, little dose of the traffic uh, with some accidents with the ice and stuff. Be safe out there, people. But it was definitely, um, I dropped my kid off uh, back at school after the break to aim. So I drove down. He got a new truck. So I'm trekking through. And yeah. I drove down last night. And I was like, man, it was, it's been cold. But, uh, yeah, it's good, man. This is, I love St. Louis. I really do. A great place, and just happy to be the coach here and get ready for uh, year two. Yeah, we're going to talk lots of Battle Hawks. Let's take it. Let's take you back though. So West Virginia. Yep. From what I know from Bolger, that's like a planet in and of itself. You know what? I loved it there, man. Just a great experience socially, uh, academically, a little bit, and uh, just from playing football wise, just really good memories. I mean, it's like, you know, I would go back and do it over again. You know, yeah. that's how cool it was, and I met great people. And, and it's funny because, you know, you think of West Virginia, it's like, oh, where's that at? Morgantown, whatever. But, you know, you got Long Island people, PA, Jersey, Maryland, Virginia, Ohio. They just kind of like that was like, you know, it was known to be a party school, but it was like a fun, yeah. beautiful campus. You guys and, were good, uh, too. Yeah, we were. We had some good years. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Mark. I mean, me and him were, uh, you know, roommates and all the way through came in the same class, you know not highly recruited, you know, kind of self-made guys when we got to college and took advantage of our situation yeah. and kind of took off. So, um, well, you but were yeah. a first rounder. I was. Yeah. So, uh, ended up being a first round pick in 2000 by the New York jets, um, played uh, 12 seasons, went to Tampa Bay where I make my home now. And then I played for the, the, the Rams, the Cardinals and the chiefs, uh, over my time. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, it went fast, but it was great. I think my, my claim to fame, obviously, outside of being a first-round pick is, you know, I'm kind of like the the uh, the man that never missed a game. I played like 160-plus straight games. You know, I took took a lot of pride in that. I probably should have missed about 16 of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, medicine was a little different. And, and some of the medicine we took isn't even around anymore. Outside, from what I'm hearing. So yeah. I'm like, I was like, oh, boy, that's not good, you know. So, but, uh, you know, knock on wood. Outside of just keeping my weight right, you know, I'm, I'm fairly healthy. And uh, uh, But, yeah, it was a great run. And, uh, you know, just enjoying the next, you know, well, couple phases after I played. Man, I uh, <clears throat> Moke and I had a standing Monday night dinner that we'd go to. I remember going to his house one time and his entire leg, the entire leg was just black. Yeah. And I'm like, what happened? And he had to like... Nothing. He's like, oh, someone stepped on me. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell's wrong with you? By Sunday. We'll be I good. would be in a hospital. <laughs> I'd be like on death watch, you know, like, Dad, we love you. Um, okay, so uh, so bring it back up to date. Yeah. How did you start coaching? Yeah, so, um, I, you know, in the back end of my career in the league, I was kind of the guy that they brought in to kind of galvanize the tight end room. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of those coaches that I was with were like either my age or getting into the business. I was kind of like the other coach. They lean on me. And I was like the guy, there was like four of us in the locker room. I was here, four other guys, and we would like be like holding the fort down. You know what I mean? So that that's where I knew like, you know, leadership was always something that was strong for me. I loved, I just, I love to help people. I, you know, I just was one of them guys. And then when I stopped playing, I actually got, you know, I was thinking like right, coaching, you know, I knew how to actually speak a little bit clearly. So I was like, maybe, you know, calling games, radio. And I ended up 
you know, getting on ESPN. I called college football for 10 years, man. NFL games, college games, over 200 games. I loved it. I really got to know the college game. Uh, and there was a plan as far as like, okay, I could do this. I was good at it. But I was also like getting to know the coaches and the, the, the schools and all this stuff. Just kind of like you never know. Throw it in the bag. I started doing some coaching during that same time, but like NFLPA Collegiate All-Star Games, I go with Mike Martz, who was the head coach there. I go Marvin Lewis, go spend 10 days, work with college, some of the best college kids. And, you know, as I was doing it, I really loved what I was doing. Coaches would come up to me. The scouts would be there. Hey, you, you're really good at this. You should, you know. And and then finally, you know, I always tell everybody, like, Mike Martz, finally, like, you know, by, the, like, six years we were doing it, he's like, man, you need to get out of the media and help and help guys. You just got too much to offer. I was like, ah, it wasn't the right time. And, you know, my son was playing ball. My daughter was still in school. And, you know, life was good. TV, I was still kind of making my move up the ESPN ladder. And then, you know, it kind of hit a wall there at some point. You know, it's like, ah, you know, like I always want to do things that kind of max out. AAF came around, another spring league in 19. March became the head coach of San Diego. He was my first call he made was me. He's like, man, I want you to come with me. I'm like, man, my wife's not going to let me go to San Diego for, <laughs> for four months, you know? Like, And I found out, she's like, yeah, go, you know? Like, yeah, get the hell out of the house and, and do your thing. So I was like, like okay. San Diego this, the farthest you can go? Yeah, this isn't bad. I was like, okay. So I went and I loved it, man. And the thing that's great about spring is these guys are hungry. They got a chip on their shoulder and they, they got holes to be filled. Yeah. And I just had all three of my tight ends got an opportunity to either go to a training camp or make an NFL football team. And just, it felt great. You know what I mean? So from there, I'm just like, okay, how can I expedite this process? The XFL started in 2020. I was supposed to coach on the Tampa team as a tight end coach. And something happened where like, you know, coach loved me, but he didn't know me. And then all of a sudden I found out he got somebody else. I was like, oh, I was already doing work for you. So I was like, all right, that didn't work out. And then when when uh, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Redbird Capital purchased uh, through bankruptcy in August of 2020, I sat there and I said, I'm going to be a head coach in this league. And I just I, I found ways to get in front of the right people. Didn't know anybody. I wasn't on their short list. I wasn't on any list for them. But really just the perseverance of me just wanting to do something and you know, selling a vision, selling something I was passionate about. And I loved the spring concept. And it was maybe a little different sell than maybe a Wade Phillips or a Bob Stoops, these guys that have coached yeah, a long right. time and have experience. I just, there's a little bit more that I, I brought to the table on other avenues outside of just coaching, but they did take a chance on me. So, yeah. you know, and being in this market, being with St. Louis, it was kind of like a big, you know, opportunity, but yet a, a really big job they gave me. And uh, it's worked out great, man. I just love it here. We put together a great team. The fans did their part. I promised them I'd do my part. We put a, a good team together, and we got a better team this year. I can't wait uh, to get uh, the product on the yeah. field in March. Hey, Stelly, <clears throat> why don't you come on in? Everyone knows Brian Stull. He's he's been in Steve Sports Radio forever. He's a beast. I got the best one, man. I've been blessed. You know, I know everything. Anything I forgot about St. Louis was in here. I remember it now. So it's all. He's brought me everywhere I need to be. Yeah. So yeah, everyone knows Brian Stull from St. Louis Sports Radio. He's now with the Battle Hawks, and I want you to jump in wherever you can. So the Battle Hawks is such a great story. You two both know very well, as does Wheels. Uh, you know what happened with the Rams, and where you got all pissed off. I can't believe yeah. this. So when the Battle Hawks came in, it was like I don't know. It's like having your hot girlfriend break up with you, yeah. and then you yeah. meet someone else. You're like, I'm gonna be the best boyfriend you've ever had yeah. in your life. Everyone just embraced yeah. the Hawks, and they did. I, and listen, you're right. Now, the majority of the fans were just mad. They just wanted to spite and just show up. And then a lot of them were like, Hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, like, yeah. 2020 was fun. It looked like, uh, and then and then now it's like, okay, well. It's fun. It's a great time. Actually, team's decent. 
you know, maybe there's something there. So I think year two is really exciting. I mean, you know, we broke five attendance records uh, in our home games in spring football history. Yeah. And let's break them all again. I mean, why not? It's, it's affordable. It's a good time. It's fast. And, uh, you know, the product's good. And, you know, what other better way to do something in the spring? It's, you know, outside of being outside, like, you know, to go take your family, have a couple of hot dogs and drinks yeah. and enjoy something that's fun. I, I think it's great. I'd be at the games yeah. if I didn't, uh, if I wasn't coaching. I, I do, I do think it's a fun brand of football. Players are really good, and at least this city knows they got good players that can come yeah. out and watch. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Anthony Beck, who's the head coach of the Battle Hawks, 12 years in the NFL, uh, part of the time here in St. Louis with the Rams. Uh, Brian Stoll, uh, who's with the club as well. So, Brian, do your counterparts in other cities are they like, what the hell's going on in St. Louis? Like, how are you doing this? No, I think they get it. I was going to say, I'll just echo everything he said, but no, it's, um, they, they've come to understand. I mean, everybody looks at it. There's an excitement, but I think there's a certain pride that just like all of St. Louis, all the fans feel, uh, I think everybody connected with the organization feels as well, but there's also that responsibility. Um, because again, you don't want to take it for granted. St. Louis sports. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think internal expectations are even higher than what the outside expectations are, mm-hmm. whether it's on the field or in the the front office with Brandon Williams and the office staff, everybody, it's like there's the goals and then there's the goals that it's like, okay, no, we've got to do even more because it is St. Louis. Do you want to do even more? Because there's that kind of civic responsibility feel, that pride, that that again, you're you're helping fill something that hole, filling that void. So. Yeah, coach, what's the level of athleticism, the level of play. If people have never been to a Battle Hawks game, what should they expect? That's uh, really good. You know, uh, and now that the league is half the league in both USFL and XFL, mm-hmm. all those good players are now in these other eight teams. So everything raises, right? So our team's gotten better. Every other team's gotten better. But these are the best of the best that are really close. And this will be the closest we'll ever be. There is no more competition with other spring leagues. This is the the main featured one. This is where all the players that are right there to get to the NFL or just there come to us and they play in our league. So uh, expect expect something close. I mean, to what you see, I, I really, you know, watching the games, how it went down. I, I feel like most of the games that I watched, or at least when we played, were really good, high level, exciting. Games, good defense, really explosive offense. We've had a lot of key players. You're going to see a lot more, you know, uh, improvement on both sides of the football. And, uh, you know, we want to win a championship. So nothing better to, if we could do that here in St. Louis, that would be awesome. And uh, that's my goal for this season. So all these guys were studs in college. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, most of them, (laughs) it's funny because they're studs in college, but yet, you know, overlooked, still haven't gotten a chance. So, um, you know, listen, there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players out there from showcases we saw, guys that are chomping at the bit to just get a, a small chance to get just in our league, let alone anything else. And, uh, you know, we are that next step. You know, you have the CFL, you have all these other leagues are great, but everybody, the, the guys that are close, they want to be a part of this. We're on every, you know, major network, Fox, ABC, ESPN every week now. There is no other stations. It will be just like NFL games are on Sunday. You'll find us. That's what's great. It's on Saturday and Sunday, which is even good. So the eyeballs will be there. And uh, and trust me, coaches and GMs and pro scout guys are watching our games. Yeah. They just are. I mean, just because, oh, football's on, turn it on. Whether in the office, whatever they're doing, uh, they're, they're watching our football games, and that's great for our guys. So I tell them all the time, you know, everybody wants their numbers, their catches, their throws, all that. But if your team's good and they win, I promise you, you'll get more eyeballs than anybody. And that's what we did uh, last season. And, and, you know, like I said, 16 of our guys got invited to training camp, which led all, all of spring football teams in both leagues and take a lot of pride in that. 
Wheels jump in. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you guys had a great opportunity with that enthusiasm you talked yeah. about with people being mad at the Rams. But, you know, people don't stay if they don't like what they're getting. 100%. Right? I mean, you guys have a really talented team. So just talk about it. I mean, our listeners are not the, you know, the hardcore, diehard sports guys. Yeah. But they are interested in sports. We're the home of the Cardinals. So for people that aren't as familiar, a couple names, a couple guys that we should keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously last year, you know, we had some of the best offensive players in the XFL. Um, A.J. McCarron was our quarterback, was the MVP of the league. Uh, really feel good about all our quarterbacks. Alabama guy for those that didn't. Alabama yeah. guy, yeah, no question. He's, you know, again, he's had a big window of time since he's actually played. He's been in the league for a long time, but he got a chance and he got back with the Bengals active this year, uh, backing up uh, Jake Browning when mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joe Burrow went down. You know, Hakeem Butler uh, led all the receivers uh, in, in this league. He's back. Uh, became a phenomenon. You know, got drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, got hurt, bounced around the Cardinals, got hurt again, kind of got thrown to the side. Well, we gave him new life, a new vision. He sent me a video of him working out at the park. I checked it out. Obviously, he had some pedigree in him. He was healthy. I said, well, if the guy's 6'5", 230 pounds, and he, and he can run a 4'5", sign yeah, me up, yeah. right? So he, uh, he got a chance to prove himself, and he became a star in our league. So we just got Jakar, uh, uh, Jakari uh, Pearson from Seattle. He was the Blazer, right? Yeah, he, he led all receivers in yards in our league. So four of our, I think we have four of the top six receivers on our team next year. We brought in a new running back, Max Borgi, who is like uh, the Christian McCaffrey of our league, and he's going to get a tremendous amount of opportunity. And we totally revamped our defense. We loved our defense. We loved our players. But we need to be better at corner. We need to get bigger inside because the D.C. defenders who we played run the ball an awful lot, and we just weren't very big inside, and they kind of matched us on some big runs. Well, that's not going to happen this year. So so what the fans are going to get, they're going to get a fun, exciting product of – Guys that are going to be on that field that are really, really close to getting in the NFL. Like, that's how it's going to look. And listen, I, you give it a chance. If you haven't been out there, it seems like most of St. Louis has been out there. But if you haven't, come out. Check it out. I mean, tickets, the UFL.com. Go get your tickets. Try one game and then wait to the next one. Get another ticket for the next game. Whatever it may be. But it is a unique experience. And again, the product is good. You know, we're not just we're not showing up because you just uh, we're pissed off because the Rams are gone. Like, oh, wow. the we want to. Sh- I, I want to make that promise that we're going to have a good team. I want to win a championship. And what, it didn't matter if it was my first year head coach and last year. You know, I, I had a vision of, of how the, how it could look and how it could be in the city, and it brings something great to the to the to the city as well. And uh, that's what we're doing. So we're building that again for year two. And the goal is the championship. I want to be in that game. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll even, you know, they'll announce a championship close to St. Louis this year. <laughs> All those things are, are possibilities. But if we can find a way to get there, I think it'd be really exciting. Very cool. Stelly, good to see you. Coach, great to meet you. Quick break. Right back, DGS. 324 DGS on KMOX. We have the Think Tank coming up at 4 p.m. Looking forward to that with the uh, caucus last night in New Hampshire next week. Lots to talk about. (laughs) So we talked about in the opener where I, I... Absolutely cop to having Trump derangement syndrome, but just the world in general is weird to me. I think it's not like I'm a million years old because, you know, Rach is 32 and you feel differently than you did, you know, five years ago. And, you know, it's just it's all relative. But I'm at that age now where I'm super engaged with the world because of what I do for a living. And yet it's so weird to me. (laughs) And you know what I was thinking this morning? And I'm not being funny. I'm not being shock jockey. I, I I mean it. I am convinced that there are extraterrestrials, interdimensionals. There's something. Yeah. 
what the hell are you waiting for? Just, <laughs> just quit hanging around the fringes and yeah. showing up in Mexico. Just let's have it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's. I'm ready to vault into a whole new world. Yeah, don't do don't do the old like land on the White House lawn. We don't need that kind of incident. But maybe someplace else public. Yeah, like a good I don't know, like the monument or something. Do like, you, hey guys, we're here. I was thinking yesterday after we were talking about how they're like folding space and time to get to us and all this stuff. <laughs> Do you think the reason why the government hasn't rolled it out is because every time they want to, the aliens are like, uh, no. And then they just nope out. (laughs) They do. Like they're 100% controlling it. I mean, I have heard the, the, the theory put like, if it's some, if, if whoever it is, whatever it is, if they're so much further advanced, we may not serve any purpose for them. Right. Like would, you know, it's be like us talking to a a chimp. Yeah. You heard that from me. Yeah. Because I was saying that they're probably waiting for us to, for AI to reach the singularity, because they, I'm sure they're AI. Um, carbon-based blobs with livers and lungs can't do what these things do. So I am convinced that they're going to be at least primarily, if not completely, mechanized. Hmm. I think so. Hmm. And so it, they're probably Robics. the oh. same way in, like, Star Trek. It would explain, like, some maneuvers that would smush yeah, a human, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The same way in Star Trek... Uh, which I know is a television show, but <laughs> we're, like we're the so aliens, that, right? right? And right. we're looking at them and going like, we we can't show up. In fact, I think our rule is that until they have a nuclear reactor, we don't show up at all. Oh, really? Yeah. And so why wouldn't they have some similar thing? Like until they have true AI or they're uh, at least half cyborg, Why we can't even talk to these guys. They're just monkeys. Actually, that's a great point because an AI might be able to handle the communication part. Yeah. Although... Listening to the testimony of the of like Grush and those guys, it appears that there have been interactions, mm-hmm. just not with the general. I got public. this so stupid. I I read a, a, a an account of how President Eisenhower uh, was awakened in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. taken to an Air Force Ohio, base. Ohio, right? He met with the aliens. They said, "Give up your nuclear weapons, and we'll you'll you know, we'll teach you how to have free energy and free food." And he said, "No." I was so mad. I'm mad at a guy <laughs> who's been dead for 50 years, who probably didn't meet with any aliens, but I had an emotional reaction. Yeah. Like, well, you're just an a-hole. That story, if we've read the same one, is like, it's like a movie script. Yeah. Like, they were whisked away to yeah. Wright Patterson Airport. I hope yeah. it happened. 335 DGS on KMOX. Beautiful, beautiful out there. Um, Dave Murray joins us. Hello, Dave. <laughs> It's a beautiful 14 degrees. Yeah, well, I, mean, I know the sun me. is out. The it, sun is out. Yeah, it makes a difference. Like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, yesterday I got into my windowless Jeep and uh, it told me it was minus two. And uh, then today I got in and it said seven. And I'm like, oh, well, I can do that. Like seven. That's not. <laughs> That's not bad at all. It's all relative. It's uh, all relative. Phoebe drove back to KU yesterday and they called classes today. Which I think is really smart. Yeah. Because you just can't have kids walking around and no. I think it's like zero there today. Oh, we got snow. Yeah. yeah. So, a little snow, yeah. So uh New York got their first inch of snow in almost two years. That's crazy. Two years. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Little freezing rain too. It's yeah. good for them. Is today our transition day? Uh yeah, kind of. Yeah, you know, 35 degrees for the high tomorrow. Th- yeah. That's a very deceiving number. Tropical. Now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be sunny. It's going to be really cold in the morning. You're going to go out the door. It's going to be 8 degrees. 
So don't go out the door thinking it's 35. Now, during the afternoon, warmest part of the day, about 2 o'clock, but it's going to be windy. So if you're going to be out and about, it's still going to be a very cold day. Breezy through Wednesday night, 22. Thursday, a couple of snow flurries around, lots of clouds. 35 again for the high on Thursday. Not quite as windy on Thursday, so that should help. But an Arctic cold front coming in here on Thursday night, especially late Thursday night. Light snow, mainly late. An inch or less accumulation, a real fine, dry, powdery snow. Cold, windy, 12 degrees for the low wind chills below zero. Friday, partly sunny, windy, and cold. The high Friday, 15. The wind chill, minus 15. 17 for the high and sunny on Saturday. Sunday, partly sunny and about 30 if we're lucky. And believe it or not, we could see some rain in here Monday night and Tuesday. Hmm. Uh Dave, I know you say that February is going to be pretty bad. Um, what's like the warmest stretch you think we're going to have? I think we've got some real seesaw temperatures coming. Let's see. Let me look at the calendar here. All, all of next week, seesaw temperatures. All of the following week, which will get us into February. The first full week of February, also seesaw temperatures. So there'll be some cold weather. There won't be any extremely cold weather like we've had. And there'll be some winter mild temperatures during that stretch, too. I'm expecting the downturn again towards the middle of February. Okay. Good, good. Now, people are saying, well, is it going to be as cold? January intense cold is tough to beat. But I do think it's going to be quite cold. You know, I'm not sure if the climate has changed or if I have changed. But my entire life, I have always thought, like, make it to March 1st and you're fine. But March can be pretty cold with quite a bit of snow. Yes, yes, March can be an awful month. I've I've always used Easter. I know that that it's a, a flexible date, maybe tax day. Uh, would be a better date, but when we're clearly out of the woods. So no, I, I don't I don't like to say March first at all because it can just come back and slap you silly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't like being slapped silly. Nope. Me neither. Unless I'm paying for it. Uh, headlines, Rach. Brought to you by Schnucks. Reward yourself daily with the Schnucks Rewards app. All right. Americans are throwing away three quarters of their recyclables. This is according to a new report from Recycling Partnership. 75% of residential recyclables like paper, cardboard, and milk cartons are lost at the household level, meaning that Americans are just throwing them in the trash. Now, that's something that I would be really upset about if it wasn't for the fact that half of the things you recycle don't even get yeah. recycled anyway. Especially in St. Louis. It's only like like 10% of what yeah. of, of like plastics so have are we recycled. Just been sold a lie by the trash people. You know, I don't know. I don't know the exact ins and outs of it. I just know that we sell our trash and we sell our recyclables a lot of the time, or, or uh, maybe we pay people to take them. It's, there's some sort of monetary mm-hmm. transaction going on to get rid of it, and then it just ends up going in a landfill most yeah. of the time. Not trying to say, like, hey, don't recycle. It's hopeless. Not trying to say that at all because I really try to recycle yeah. myself. But I get a little annoyed whenever it seems like the individual is being blamed when really yeah. it's these huge corporations. They're not, yeah, it's not keeping up their end real, of the deal. Real question. What are the things that people might think are recyclable that are not? Man, good question. Um, probably, uh, you know, like a plastic container that still has food waste in it. Exactly. I don't think that, get, I don't think that gets recycled. You got to yeah. rinse them out. 
I know that they're like on our, we put it on our door heading to the garage because that's where our recycling thing is. There are only certain numbers because each one of the recyclable things have like plastics have a number. And mm-hmm. like, I can't remember if it's the odds or the evens, but one of them is not recyclable and you got to throw those away. The other one can go in there. But now at my place, they don't take cardboard. Mm. You can't recycle paper or cardboard oh, wow. anymore wow. in our pickup. Wow. And I mean, that's the main thing. And, well, I that's recycle. the thing is like cardboard and metals like aluminum, those are the most easily recyclable things. Plastic's the hard one, plastic's the problem one. Mm-hmm. But now where I live, they don't do that one anymore. You guys want to talk a little bit of politics here? Can I can I say one more thing about the trash? Yes. <clears throat> Have you guys seen like on TikTok that thing that eats anything? You know, like the metal teeth. They're like two yeah. tumblers. Yeah. You can put like a car in it. Yeah, and it eats it. And it eats it. Yeah. That's nuts. I know. It's scary. It's fun to watch too. It is. So half of Nikki Haley backers say they would vote for Biden if she were to drop out of the race. This is according to a new NBC News Mm. poll. Um, They said they would vote for Biden if Trump is the GOP nominee. 23% of her supporters say they would vote for Yeah, I mean, you would think that if they wanted to vote for Trump, they would just initially go to him. Um, 23% say they would vote for Trump. 8% said they would vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. if he were the... Next best choice you know, after Nikki Haley. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah, because his own Twitter account. Oh, that's right. You were talking about referred that to his, like it's weird because it's his Twitter account, mm-hmm. and it says it, you can send RFK Jr. a happy birthday wish if you want him to continue. It's like, but you're that guy. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking about yourself in the, the third, third person? person? And also. Mm-hmm. A little thirsty if you're asking for birthday wishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you guys notice last night while watching coverage of the Iowa caucuses, these white hats that said Trump caucus ca- captain on them? No. Um, I, I kept seeing them and I was like, oh, those are kind of cool. They're, they're just like white hats. <laughs> I mean, I don't want one or anything. I'm just, I noticed was, them because sometimes he was wearing one. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, you just got to appreciate nice merch whenever it happens. Well, these are limited edition hats. They're part of the Trump campaign's efforts to try to turn out first time caucus goers and drum up excitement with their volunteers in exchange for the hat. Uh, people are required to attend an hour long training session and were asked to turn out a quote Trump 10 or 10 people who will support Donald Trump. Maybe uh, get that shiny, cool hat. What is today's date? It uh, is the 16th. January 16th at 3.43 p.m. Uh, Rach is officially old. So <laughs> oh. congratulations. Welcome to the club. She found a caucus hat pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I just... It happens, in lots, of different, I happens it. in lots of different ways. It's very sharp. So you, it just happened yeah. to be that. Sweet merch. Add it to Kevin's collection. <laughs> Sweet of, merch. Add it to Kevin's collection of free clothes. Oh, yeah. Free stuff. <laughs> One more Nikki Haley story here. She says she'll debate again under one condition. Michael Calhoun has been talking about this at the top of the hour news. She says in order for her to debate again, Trump or Biden have to be there, too, because that's the only thing that's worth her time. Again, another sick burn on Ron DeSantis. So um, I would vote for Nikki Haley. She would be my pick. However, she is for such a smart young person. She's making a lot of gaffes. Uh she, I don't, I just, I didn't know this before yesterday, but in New Hampshire, there's this debate that's ran by a local radio station and it's a huge tradition. And vis-a-vis what Rachel said, she's not going to show up to it 
if it's just her and DeSantis. And people in New Hampshire are like, well, that's kind of a real slap in our face. And then today, she said, following up the Civil War analysis that never mentioned the word slavery, she said, uh, quote, the United States has never been a racist country. Now, Hmm. you can debate about currently— You can't debate about the past because I was alive when uh, African-Americans and Caucasians couldn't marry. Yeah, or uh, drink from the same fountain. So let's be careful there, Nikki. I mean... You know, there there you, are some other pretty big things that happen too. I mean, you know, we, have, we, have, we have these things called books, and we have movies and and people who were alive to tell stories. That's the only thing that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, is I don't that, like that everyone makes mistakes, but she seems to kind of she keeps doing that. Get one. it caught in the yeah. works when you don't have to. Do you think that's that is also pandering? Because I know yes. a, there are people that don't want to believe. Yes, that that was like well, that wasn't really racist. Mm, yes, it was. <laughs> when you tell people you can't eat at the same place, that's racist. I mean, again, not to mention the whole slavery thing. And, I mean, that you was know, pretty... and separate schools and all. Yeah, right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty giant deal. Yeah. All right. Americans say that they want to eat less red meat. Uh, according to a recent one poll survey of 2,000 omnivores, there's a growing interest in healthier eating habits, with 37% looking to reduce the red meat meat intake. <sighs> Yes, we nope, not me. And, well, I say like, hey, I'm probably going to make up some of that difference. Um, but also, like, it's not automatically unhealthy to eat red meat. No, I just think that. I mean, if you're getting leaner cuts, is... or if you're like, some of it's about how you prepare things. All right. I mean, if you're eating big juicy cheeseburgers, well, all right. You, you know, I start, what I, what I'm sitting here thinking is, uh, in Rachel and Andrew's lifetime, I hope we get some unequivocal knowledge because it's sort of a radio trope that one day don't drink coffee. The next day, drink as much as you can hold. Don't eat chocolate, eat nothing but chocolate. Only eat steak. Yes. And so like I just intuitively, it seems better to eat chicken and fish and more vegetables. But I also think maybe we overdo the red meat thing. Well, that's, I I guess my point is it's about the context. Like, well, what would be better? Uh, nice grilled sirloin or deep fried fish or southern fried chicken or fish in a big, rich butter sauce, which sounds great. But yeah, you're making me right. I know. Killing, I'm just saying. That's kind of my, sounds it's just kind of the you point. Like, it's not mm, just the fish. thing. It's it's how you make it. Yeah, absolutely. Is that it? Uh, we can do one more story okay. if you'd like. Sure. If you'll remember, uh, New York City is in a war on rats. Do you guys remember this <laughs> yeah, happening? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, the, New York is declaring that it is winning its war on rats. Oh. Uh, they've done testing. They've had a 68% de- decrease in rat sightings. Good you know job. what? I would love that Good story so much better the if they admitted they're losing. Yeah, we are losing <laughs> yeah, the rats. <laughs> we have lost. The they rats just, have won the rat war. They just won't fight fair. <laughs> we were worried about Planet of the Apes. It was the rats <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> One of the big strategies they had t- towards beating the rats is they were like, all right, you can't just put your trash out on the sidewalk anymore. You have to put it in a container. And I'm sitting here going, that was ever up for it a bit. Like, that's the recipe for rats. Why were you ever doing that in the first place? So they've stopped doing that and it's made a lot of difference. So congratulations to New York. They're winning the war on rats. City official comes out and it's 10 rats in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Stop yeah. worrying about the rats. It's all fine. Thank you, Dave. All righty. 
All right, poor clock management on my part. Tiny little segment here coming up at the top of the hour. One of my favorite things we do every week, Tuesdays at 4 p.m., we do the think tank. Uh, in the olden days, before COVID, we would have three or four people, and then we got it down to two. We kind of just kind of stayed there for no reason. Uh, Alvin Reed, David Barklage will both be here momentarily. Uh, you can always jump in anytime during the show, uh, especially during things like think tank, though. So if you have a question, you want to cross swords with the guys, 314-436-7900, toll free from anywhere, 800-925-1120.